How many of you have been enjoying breaking down this chapter as we're barely even getting to the story that I intended to get to on week one and we just haven't got there yet? Judges chapter six, we're going to read verses 12 through 16 today. We're getting a little bit further. Verses 12 through 16, I think our juniors are being dismissed and they can do that now if they want to be dismissed or you can stay in. That's up to you. My son decided to stay in today. He wanted to hear his dad preach today. Judges chapter six, verse 12, it says this. When the angel of the Lord appeared to Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? Where are all his wonders that our ancestors told us about when they said, did not the Lord bring us up out of Egypt? But now the Lord has abandoned us, and given us into the hand of Midian. The Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? Pardon me, my Lord, Gideon replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my family. And the Lord answered, I will be with you, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. I want to preach to you today from the title, The Power of Small power of small. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for your presence here today. I thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for what you're doing in our hearts already, what you've already begun. And God, we pray, Lord, as we dive into your scriptures, as we unveil your word, as we look at what you're trying to speak to us today. I pray, Lord, that you would begin to refresh us and restore us, that you would begin to reveal to us what you would have us hear from you today. We love your word. It is a lamp into our feet. It is a guide into our path. And so, God, we just pray today that we would be receptive to every word that would be spoken that is of you, God. Whether it's convicting or whether it's comforting, maybe both one and the same. God, I pray, Lord, that we would just lean into your presence, that we would lean into your word, that we would lean into all that you have for us. Because, God, you have set today as a divine appointment to meet with us, to speak to us. So, Lord, open our ears. Holy Spirit, we, we, we invite you in. We say, have your will and have your way. Do what you want to do. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Everyone said a big amen. Amen. Give someone a hug before you be seated today. All the men embrace somebody. Have you ever had a moment in your life where you didn't know how you were going to accomplish something? Like you didn't know how you were going to do it? Like, or maybe you didn't know how you were going to overcome a challenge or something in your life. Any, anybody ever been there? Where you didn't know how you were going to do it. You're like, I don't know how this is going to happen. Like, like you, you don't know if you have the strength. 
that what you feel is in you just really isn't enough, like you just don't have it right now? Anybody ever felt that way? What do you do when what you see isn't what God said? When everything around you and your surroundings is not the same as the word that's just been spoken over you. What, what do you do? Your environments look dead, but God speaks life. As we continue to extrapolate Judges chapter 6, and we, we dive more into what God is saying in this chapter of, and what he's trying to speak to all of us, there is something happening that I believe a lot of us, if not all of us, can relate to. To kind of catch us up, if you've missed the last couple of weeks, which I'm not going to dive into all of it, you'd have to go back and listen to all of it. But what we see here is the people of God who have been given into the hands of the Midianites, their enemy, because they have disobeyed God. And it was their disobedience and their sin that, that led them into a place of depletion. The Midianites were completely ravishing everything they had. They had impoverished the Israelites, the people of God. They had, had taken everything from them. And they had forgotten that it was God who had got them to the promised land. They had, they had begun to worship other gods and other false idols. And they, they, they weren't worshiping God anymore. And they had lost their way. And they finally came to the breaking point where they cried out to God. So God, instead of what we a lot of times feel when we cry out to God that he just saves us, God actually sends a prophet to rebuke them and get them back in line. And they had failed, it's very obvious, to see that they were the problem. They were so busy giving credit to the enemy that they didn't realize that it was actually themselves that had got them into where they were. And then we see where, where Gideon comes into the scene. Last week we dove into this where we see Gideon is, is threshing wheat in a wine press. He was doing something in hiding to, for himself. He, he, he was doing it to preserve. He was doing it to protect it from the enemy. He was doing something in a place that, that you don't normally do it in. To, and to know more about that, you're going to have to go back and dive into last week's sermon. But we talked about where, where Gideon was on a threshing floor. He had been in a wine press, two things that both have a crushing and a separation. Has anybody got on their threshing floor this week? Did anybody step into their wine press? So now we see in verse 12 where God is talking to Gideon and he is speaking to something that's in him that he doesn't see in himself. We see God affirming Gideon, something specific. And the very first phrase before he calls out what he sees in him as he says the statement, the Lord is with you. And I believe this is important to notice because we can often forget that the Lord is with us. We, we can often feel that we're out here all on our own, that God has left us, that, that he's nowhere to be found. And we think that God has forsaken us. We think that he has walked away. When we feel like we're all out of sorts, 
When things aren't going the way that we thought they should, when life isn't happening like we planned it and it's all kind of falling apart and we're starting to feel frustrated, we begin to ask the question, God, where are you? Do you even care what I'm going through right now? And we feel as if God has left us. Maybe God hasn't left you. Maybe you've left him. This, this reminds me of the, the old story of the husband and the wife who were driving in their old pickup truck one day. And as they were dating and, and he was courting her and they, they were all in love, it was a single cab pickup truck. And the husband was driving and they're driving into the night and the, the future wife was sitting in the middle seat just snuggled up next to her man and, and they were just driving into the night and love was in the air and they were, they were talking about what life would be and Life began to happen. Years begin to go by. They've had a few kids now, and maybe they're even coming to a place where their kids are young and, and they're starting to grow up. And one day they're driving in that same old pickup truck. And she's starting to like have these feelings. And she found herself now. She's no longer sitting in the middle seat. She's now sitting in the passenger side. And while they're driving one day, she begins to talk to her husband saying, honey, things have changed. Why aren't things the way they used to be? We don't talk like we used to. We aren't connected like we used to be. We're on, we aren't on the same page like we used to be. What happened to us? Why do you feel so distant? To which the husband responded to her. Honey, I'm not the one who moved. Could it be? That the reason that God is distant isn't because he moved, but because you've moved. You've changed. You've stepped away. You've lost sight. You've ta stopped talking to him. You've stopped worshiping him. Could it be that you are blaming God for forsaking you and feeling distant from him? And you're crying out to him like, God, what is happening? And you're blaming God for something that you did. Can I tell you today that maybe God didn't move? Maybe you have. Because my Bible said that God doesn't change, but we do. Our God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change. He is consistent. And while you're crying out to God, wondering why he feels so distant, and you're like, God, where are you? And God's responding to you, I never moved. God was reminding Gideon that the Lord was with him and all the calamity that he was facing and all the things that he was going through. He said, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And I felt that God wanted me to remind you today before we go any further in this scripture, before we dive into any more of this text, that no matter what you're going through, the Lord is with you. No matter what situation you're finding yourself in, that the Lord is with you. No matter what addiction you may be struggling with, the Lord is with you. No matter what hell and high water may be trying to bring to you, no matter how lost you may feel, he loves you. He cares for you. He is for you, not against you. He is the great I am. The Lord is with you. How many of you are grateful that we have a God that is with us? Come on, why don't we just take the next five seconds and give Jesus a great praise if you are grateful for a God who is with you through the 
in, who never leaves you, who has never forsaken you, who showed up in your darkest hour. Oh, that's a good praise. But if God has been great to you, I don't think I'd be able to sit down. I'd have to stand on my feet because Jesus has been too good. He's brought me through too much. He's shown me his glory. He's shown me he is faithful. He's been too good. He's been too good. We got to be reminded sometimes that the Lord is with you. He's with you. Why is this so important? Because from what we can observe in this text, as you continue to read through all of Judges 6 and even Judges chapter 7, and you can even go back a little bit, but as we discover what's happening and as we observe what's going on, what we can understand is that Gideon seemed to be the only one that was still serving God. All of his family, all of his people had begun to fall into serving other idols and serving other gods. And he was all alone. And although he may have been alone in what he believed, he wasn't alone in where he was. But he didn't know that. He, his family and all the other people, they had turned from God when it got hard. And they started serving another God and they had lost sight of who God really was. And I believe that too often when we feel abandoned by God, we have the tendency to turn away from him. And maybe instead of turning away from him when things get hard, maybe we ought to just do the smart thing and we should turn into him and we should lean into him. We should press into him. Like, God, I don't know what's happening, but I'm going to lean into you. Too often when, when God is trying to teach us a lesson, this is where this is going to get good. When it gets hard, when, 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 when we feel like he isn't there or simply we just don't like what he's trying to show us, we often turn to other things. We often turn to other people. We will even turn to a false god. We'll turn to false kings. We'll even turn, maybe it's into a substance. We'll turn it to somebody else. We'll, 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 when we, especially right now, what I feel like is going on in our world is we completely are turning from what we believe in our ideology and our theology. We, when we feel that God fails us or forsakes us, and, and so in return, we, what we try to do is we, we give up on things when things get tough. We run when things get hard. Well, church isn't for me. They're all hypocrites, so I'm not going to church anymore. That's like saying you ain't ever going to the hospital because there's sick people there. That's like saying, well, I ain't going to the restaurant because all they do is eat. It just doesn't make sense. Well, here, here's my favorite. Well, I just got a lot going on. I just need a day for me. I just need a day to rest. I've been busy. I got all these other things going on. I just need a day for me. So I'm just going to stay home and I'm going to watch the worship experience from the other side of the screen. I'm just going to stay home today. And we've lost sight of what God's words what, and what it says. And let me tell you this before anybody feels condemned in this room or you may feel condemned on the other side. I'm not condemning it. I'm grateful for online. But let me tell you, watching online may, may never be a substitute for worshiping God. You're like, well, well, I just love it when it's just me and God and ain't nobody else around. 
Can I tell you, don't compromise your worship for the sake of convenience. Church is intended for gathering together the body of Christ, getting the troops together, getting the disciples together, getting us all who are the body together to build each other up in our faith, to pour into one another. It's also so that people that don't know God yet, people that haven't begun a relationship yet, can come in and be like, man, these people's God, this God guy must have done something for them that they can't get away from, and then they get to know who God is, and they find hope, and they find restoration, and they find salvation, it's for us to experience Jesus together. It's for us to magnify the Lord together. I can't do together when I'm all by myself. I can't do it when I'm alone. And I'm thankful for online. I'm not saying we're going to shut it off or like you better be here in the house. I'm not saying that. Because I know a lot of people are tuning in from other states right now. I know there are people right now, if I were to have our team pull the analytics, there's people from other countries that don't have a church like this and they would they wish they could get here. We have people that drive from Laredo, Texas. We have people that literally five and a half hours to come to church. We have a problem getting up for 15 minutes getting to where we need to go. We got people tuning in from Indiana. We got people tuning in from Florida. They may be at the keys, and that's okay. We got our own keys right here. <laughs> I'd rather have these keys than that keys, because these keys bring me into the presence of God. Well, I guess that keys might too, because I can look at the creation and the ocean and hear the sounds and the blue and nice water and the white sand. It don't look like Galveston. <laughs> that's for sure. But I do want to say to everyone who uses this streaming option, as a substitute for gathering in God's house. Don't settle for a piece of God when he's offering you the whole thing. Don't settle. Don't settle. So the angel of the Lord says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. Another passage, or another translation says, a mighty man of valor. And I want you to note Gideon's response. When God speaks to him, he says, the Lord is with you, mighty warrior. And he goes, well, pardon me, my Lord. But if the Lord is with us, and maybe this has kind of been maybe your response before. If the Lord is with us, why has all this happened? Why is all this going on? Where are all the wonders? Where are the miracles? Where are the things that that preacher preaches about that God can make a way when it seems to be no way? Where is all of that? That's what, they're, that's what he's calling out. And then we get to verse 14 after he just kind of like, where, but, but, but now, Lord, you've abandoned us. You've given us into the hand of Midian. And then verse 14, just very nonchalantly, the Lord turned to him and said, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. Am I not sending you? No, he don't even respond to Gideon. Did you pick up on that when you read that? Like he's over here complaining and sulking and God, oh God, where were you? And God completely changes the scene, and he's like, go in the strength you have. Am I not sending you? He doesn't even answer Gideon. And see, we often look for God to give us a different response. But God sent the prophet to rebuke them. And yet Gideon is still asking God, why? 
Why are we here? The prophet told them. Go read back in verse 10 and 9 and 8 and 7 where he's like, the Lord is the one who brought you out. The Lord told you not to do this. The Lord is the one who got you where you are, but you have not listened is what the prophet said. And too often we're asking God why when he's already told us. He's already given us the answer. So I came to tell you today, stop looking for a different answer because you don't like the one that you got. You're over here praying for God. God, I need you to speak. God, I need you to do something. He's like, I already told you. Go on the word I already gave you. You're looking for something different because this one don't feel good. This one you got to realize. This one you got to take self-reflection. This one you got to go, I got to turn that finger from them and I got to turn it to me. That hurts. That makes me realize, oh, it wasn't them. Oh, it wasn't what they said. Oh, I thought it was them. It's, it was me. I lost sight. I lost my way. I'm the one who was all narcissistic and selfish and was so worried about me and mine that I forgot. It was God who got me here. I got this business and I've lost sight, but it's God who, who, who got me here. He gave me the strength, the Bible says, to, to have the willpower to do this. It was, oh, I've lost sight. I've been worried about me and just mine. But God said, no, I gave that business not for you to just live a great life. I gave it so you could build the kingdom of God. You've lost sight. I gave that family. You can put anything in this category. Oh, God, you gave me that wife. You gave me those kids that, that for, for me to take care of. And I thought it was them being the problem, and it was, it was me. I thought my kids were annoying, but it was just me being annoying. I thought it was my wife that was nagging, but it's just because she don't ever hear words of encouragement out of my life. And it's, it's, it's me. This ain't even in my notes, but I know this has got to be for somebody. Stop pointing out there and start pointing within. The scripture says that stop pointing for, for a speck in someone else's eye when you've got a log in your own. Sometimes we got to look into ourselves and be like, oh, me go in the strength you have he told Gideon and when I read that I just I couldn't I couldn't get away from it so Gideon responds when he says go in the strength you have Gideon response was but how can I save Israel my clan is the weakest in Manasseh. I'm the least in my family. I'm the weakest. I'm the least. I'm the smallest. What made him think that? That's what it got me wondering. What made him believe in himself that he was less than? God, Gideon didn't see in himself what God saw in him. He, he saw himself as weak. He saw himself as not being able to make it. You see, when, when I used to speak, my hand used to shake. I used to get it so, I still get butterflies, I still get nervous, and I prayed for God, God, don't ever let that go away because then I'm relying on myself and I'm not relying on you. But I, I used to get so bad that, that, that I would shake. And then when I know I was shaking, I shake even more. 
but because I, I, I felt like, God, how, how is it going to be me? You're going to use me. And I felt so weak. I felt so less. And I'm like, how in the world is this going to happen and on the inside of me? But, but, but on the other side of my shaking, what I had to realize when I felt weak, when I felt the least, on the other side of my shaking was something divine. You see, it's, it's when we feel weak, it's when we're in the shake. It's like, have you ever done a plank? My form's good, I know. I've been working on it. See, but when you, when you really squeeze your abs, you hear my voice, everything starts to shake. Y'all see me shaking? Maybe y'all can't. It's because we need some more side screens. We need them. That's a word for somebody. We need them. I'm shaking. And I'm holding. But you got to learn to hold out and to shake. I'm still holding. It don't feel good. You see me shaking now. Let me get two minutes in. I'm going to be hyper, like doing all kind of stuff. But it's in the shake that I get my strength. And even though I don't like how it feels, on the other side of my shake, it's something I really want. It's called abs. So, so I got I to gotta think about what I really want, not what I want now. I want the donut. But what I really want is abs. So I got to embrace the shake. I'm sweating, y'all. I got to embrace the shake. I'm about to start speaking in tongues. Have you ever spoken in tongues while you're doing a blank? Boy, the Lord will show up. Woo, I'm not kidding, y'all. How long have I been going? Somebody been timing me? This is like a world record. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't give up. What I've come to realize is that what's on the other side of your shake is greater than the former. And even though it don't feel good, doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. God always does things that are hard. He'll take somebody who has a speech impediment and tell them to go save his people. He'll take somebody who is 100 years old and say, I'm going to give you a son. It's hard. It's, it's in the things that, that, that you, wouldn't, you wouldn't think of. He's going to also take that very same son and say, I'm going to put you in a river and you're going to end up saving my nation. You don't realize it yet. Mother, it's hard. Put your, put your baby in a basket in the Nile River. It's hard. I'm going I'm to bring the Savior of the world by a virgin. It ain't easy. God does things that are hard. And it happens when we don't know if we can do it ourselves. It's in, it's in our shake. It's in our weak that God wants to use it. That's why he told Gideon, go in the strength that you have. So the other day, me and my son, were, we, were, we were sitting on the back porch. While we were sitting on the back porch, I, we, we had bought this, um, this little kiddie pool for my youngest son, Mavs. We, we call him Mavs. His name is Maverick. And I was, I was sitting on my back porch and we had some construction that's been going on. And we're just kind of sitting there. And, and as I was kind of sitting on the back porch, my oldest son, Chan, 
he was, he was kind of standing there. And as I noticed, I brought these, because these were kind of like sitting all around on this, this concrete that we had did. There was these little pebbles. And what I noticed was I kept looking at these pebbles. Look at it for a minute. I'm, I'm sitting, I was, I think I was studying or something. I'm drinking my coffee, whatever it was. And he kind of was looking at this pebble. And then all of a sudden he just went, I was like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm trying to clean it out, like, because I don't want Mavs to get, like, rocks on him and, you know, poking him and all that. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he's, he's just kind of sitting there. He's not really saying a whole lot at the time. He's looking at it for a minute, and he, do it again. Like, Jan, what are you doing? And he said something that I believe God wanted me to deliver to you today. He said, let me give you the backstory. He's in here today. And he gave me permission to do this. He's my oldest. He's almost 10. You know, kids can be mean. I remember growing up in school. I was the pastor's kid. I had a crap ton of freckles. I still do. I just have a beard now, so you don't see as much. But I mean, if you were to zoom in on my skin, I got freckles everywhere. I was called freckle face. I was bullied. I was, all this stuff, it, it just happened. And, and I learned to grow tough skin. I learned, I mean, it, it sucked. You know, the whole thing, sticks and stones may break your bones. Words never hurt. That's a bunch of bull crap. Words hurt. Words, it, it sucks. And I, I hated school. Honest to God, I hated I hated going. I even had, I had a teacher that picked on me at one point. We had to pull me out of a different school. I mean, it was all the things. So, but anyway, we were sitting with, with Chan, and, and Chan has been facing some challenges. He's been called some names, and he'd been going through this for, for a couple of years, and we didn't really know it was all going on until one day it just kind of came out, and we were talking about it. And while he was sitting there on that back porch, and he was looking at this, this pebble, he said something. And I believe it was his spirit man saying it to himself, but also prophetic, so I can say it over you today. And he said, hey, Dad, I was like, what are you doing, Chenny? He's like, he goes, well, he said, it may seem small. He goes, watch, it can do a lot. And he threw it. And he said, this little pebble it's, it's so small, but he goes, watch when it hits. It makes a small impact, but he said, but watch the ripple. Are you, are you seeing this? Get, get in closer on this. Get this one. Get this one. Yeah, watch. Watch it. Watch it. He said, you see, the impact didn't look very big at first, but it touched the entire body of water. And I said, Chan, do you know what you just said? He said, what? I said, you've been called weak. You've been called small. You've been called little. And I said, God's word to you. Is it may seem small. But my God, you're going to do a lot.
and I told him in that moment, I said, Chan, that's going to be in my sermon soon. And he goes, you better tell them I said that. So we put that quote, and I put your name. So on this day, whatever, what's today's date? June 18th, 2023. Whenever you feel small, whenever you feel I'm the weakest in my clan, I'm the least of everybody else, you can be reminded it may seem small. You can do a lot. He said, go in the strength you have. That, that strength that you have may seem small. This is the part that I want you to get out of all this entire sermon. The strength you have may seem small, but when I tell you today, it can do a lot. That what you have may seem small, but if it can do a lot, go in the strength that you have. He, God didn't say, go find some more strength and then come back and do what I need you to do. No, 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 no. I want you to get this today. He said, go in the strength that you have. This pebble, it seems small. But it's a ripple effect impacted the entire body. It may seem small, but it can do a lot. Are you getting this today? That act of generosity to give may seem small. Like, well, what am I doing? There's all these people here. What, what, what impact can I make? It may seem small, but who knows what legacy you can impact for generations to come that may not know Jesus, but because of your small thing, somebody gets to know Jesus and it saves an entire generation. That text to that friend, to that loved one, to encourage them may seem small. Oh, it's just a text. You know, I just... I wasn't trying to be all mushy. I just, you know, because I'm a guy and I don't want to be sinning all that. It may seem small to you, but who knows on the other side of that text what it can completely change for someone's trajectory of their life. You don't know what they're facing in that moment. You don't know what they were sitting themselves on the edge of their bed contemplating something like, ah, this is it for me. And that small text seems so small to you. It could change their entire life. It may seem small. That decision to do something thoughtful for your spouse or thoughtful for your kids or, or thoughtful for somebody in your life that means something, it may seem small to you, but I wonder what could set forth in your marriage. I wonder what could set forth in that relationship. I wonder what could set forth in your life with just that one small thing. That, that small dedication just to go the extra mile at your job may seem small, like nobody's going to notice this. But I wonder how that can set you up for your future. One small thing. One small thing. One small thing. It may seem small, but it can do a lot. Come on, look to your neighbor right now. Tell your neighbor I hadn't done this in weeks. Look at your neighbor, look him right in the eye. Look him real awkward. Go ahead and just stare him down for a second. Look at him, get your eye contact. Don't look at me, look at them. Look somebody else. Look, 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 look. And I want you to look at them straight in the eye. And I want you to tell them. 
All it takes is a little. So can you, now look to the other one, your second best choice. Look to the other one. As you look them in the eye. And I want you to say it to them. Say, say it may seem small. Somebody's going to have to shout this next part. But it can do a lot. But I'm the weakest in my clan. I'm the least. I'm the smallest in my family. What does the Lord say? The Lord answered, I will be with you. I will be with you. But I'm the weakest. I can't. How am I? It's small. I, I, just, ah. I will be with you, the Lord said. And you will strike down all of the Midianites, all of the enemy, leaving none alive. No one standing. What you have may seem insignificant in your eyes, but with God on your side, he will strike down every enemy, leaving nothing standing. It may seem small, but it can do a lot. I want you to get this in your spirit today. It may seem small, but it can do a lot. It may seem small, but it can do a lot. The power of small. The, the, the strength that you have, may seem small to fight the battle you're in. That strength to fight that addiction, that strength to fight in that broken marriage, that, that strength to fight in that and your mental health and your anxiety and in that financial burden, that even the strength you only may have a little bit to fight in the way that you live and, and even living and breathing in this world. You may have only a little, but I want to tell you today, all it takes is a little for God to do a lot. My Bible says that if we have faith the size of a mustard seed, if you ever look up or you ever to pick up this little bitty old grain, this little bitty old seed, if we have faith the size of a mustard seed, we can speak to that mountain. The Bible says move and it shall be moved. All it takes is a little. A little faith. A little hope. Just a little bit of drive. Just a little bit of a determination. It just takes a little. I think it takes a little grit. Just a little grit. A little strength. Tell your neighbor, say, just a little strength. They heard it. He shouted it. A little strength. Go in the strength that you have. It doesn't say go find some strength. He says, no, 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 no. Go in the strength that you have. Just go in what you already have. Just go in what you have. Just go in that strength. We don't feel like a lot. Just go in that strength. Well, I don't know if I can do it. Just go in that strength. I don't know if I can take another day. I just, just go in that strength. I don't know if I can get up tomorrow. Just go in the strength that you have. I don't know if I can breathe another breath. Just go in the strength that you have. I don't know if I can fight this anymore. Just go in the strength that you have. I will be with you, he said. You're not going to be alone. That the Lord your God is going to be with you. That he is with you. 
And the enemy that you're, you feel like you can't overpower, that question I asked at the beginning, have you ever been in a situation where you didn't feel like you didn't have it in you to overcome it, or you didn't know how you were going to accomplish it? I mean, this is the answer. Go, and the strength that you have for the Lord will be with you, and he will fight down every enemy and strike them all down, and there will be not a single enemy standing. And we had even got to the part where he collects his army, we didn't got there yet, y'all. I don't know how long. We're going to be like in year 2025 still going. The Lord said in Judges chapter 6. Just go in the strength you have. God was telling Gideon, it's not in your strength that you're going to find victory. It's in the strength that I have. And I want you to know that it's not in your strength. But if you'll just go in what you have, I will be with you. I will carry you through it. I will, I will do what you cannot do. I will fight when you can't fight. But if you'll just take that step and go in the strength that you have, you are not alone. I am with you. And I'm going to save a nation through you. You feel the weakest. You feel the least. I'm going to do the, one of the greatest things in you. And you don't even know it. If you'll just go in the strength that you have. So I came today and maybe this is you with every eye closed every head bowed in this room maybe maybe today you feel so alone you feel like God doesn't see you you feel like no one sees you you feel like what, what am, I don't even know what I'm doing my, with my life or maybe maybe you're not maybe you're not on that extreme maybe you're here today and, and life is, is fine maybe you've built something and you've got some some, some wealth, you've, you've, you've built a business and you found yourself successful, but, but, but you know on the inside of you, you've lost sight. It's became about you and it's not about him anymore. And you've walked away. God is saying, I'm still with you. I just need you to recall all my name. Maybe you're here today and you're like, I don't know Jesus. And I'm hearing about this God who sent his son and if there's a God who wants to do something in me and, and he'll be there with me and I'm not alone and in my darkest hour he is there comforting me that he sent me the Holy Spirit. I don't even know what that is. A spirit, a ghost. I've heard all these things. What is it? It is the comforter. It is the one that can assure you. It is the one that will be with you through the end. If you're like, I, I need Jesus in my life. I've tried to do this on my own and I, I don't know if I can do it anymore. Or maybe you're like, I, I, I tried God one time, but now I feel like he's left me again. Maybe he didn't leave you. Maybe you stepped away. Today's the day to get back on that middle seat, that pickup truck. Say, God, I'm sorry, I moved. You haven't moved, I moved. If that's you today. If you're one of those two or three groups of people, I want to pray for you and I want to pray with you with every eye closed every head bowed even if you're on the other side of a screen right now I just want to know who I'm praying with today we're going to pray a prayer together I'm not going to ask you to come to the front or anything like that right now I just I just want you to lift your hand when I count down from three just to acknowledge that's me I want Jesus in my life. I've either moved and I'm moving back closer to him I've made my, I've made my mistakes or maybe I don't know Jesus or maybe I've just lost sight 
and I need Jesus in my life. I want him to wash me clean. I want him to forgive me of all my sins. If that's what his word says and he can make all things do, I want that in my life. I need Jesus right now. If that's you, when I count down from three, I just want you to shoot your hand up so I can see you and I can be able to pray with you. We're gonna pray a prayer together out loud. If that's you, three, two, one, just lift him up, lift him up. I see you, I see you, I see you. Thank you, I see you, I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Lift it high, lift it high. Lift it high. I see you all the way up there. I see you all the way up there. I see you. 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 Thank you, Jesus. I see you. I see you waving. I see you. I see you. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Hands up all across this room. I see you on the front to the back, the ground to the top. I see you. I see you. I see you. Come on. Lift them up. Lift them up. Don't let this moment pass you by. I see you. I see you. Thank you, Jesus. I see you. 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 Young and old, I see you. Thank you, Jesus. Hands went up all across this room. Most importantly, God sees you. He knows right where you're at. I see you. Four more seconds. If that's you, don't let this moment pass you by. Today is your day. Make a fresh start. A new beginning in Christ Jesus. Become a new creation. That's you. Just lift them up. Three, two, one. That's you. Lift it up. Lift it up. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Everybody can put their hands down. We're going to pray that prayer I was talking about. It's this prayer of faith. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth, believe in our heart that Jesus is Lord and that God raised Christ from the dead, it says that we shall be saved. The other scripture says if we'll call upon the name of the Lord, we shall be saved. So we're going to say this prayer together. Maybe you've said it a thousand times. Say it in support of those who may be praying it for the first time today. But say it all out loud where your ears can hear you. Say, dear Jesus, come into my life. Wash me clean. Make me a new person in you. Forgive me of my sins. I believe that you came, you died, and you rose again by the power of God. And I accept you today as Lord and Savior of my life. Make me new. Make me clean. Make me a new creation. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone shout a big amen for every single person. Come on, church, hands went up all across this room.